We need a worldwide Hanukkah. By Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Unlike the feasts God proclaimed as His in Leviticus chapter twenty-three, Hanukkah is a feast set in place and celebrated by man, in commemoration or remembrance of the eighth-day miracle God performed on behalf of Israel. All this took place somewhere around the year one sixty-seven. B.C.E. So why do we celebrate or acknowledge this feast today? Because, as the Lord gave His people victory over their enemies at a time when all odds were against them, so the story of Hanukkah gives those that truly love God and are able to see the intent of the enemy for humanity hope in this end time that He will intervene once again. Like today, most of God's people in that age were caught up in the world society, living like them, acting like them, connected to them, to the degree no one could tell one from the other. But in this day and age, we're in need of a much, much greater Hanukkah. The majority of modern society has accepted the world standards. Its morals and ways. At the time of the original Hanukkah, the people of God were mostly old Israel, and the miracle was centered around Jerusalem, the temple, its articles for service, and the priests that were found faithful there. The enemy operating through the invading Hellenistic armies could not stand the fact that there were people that remained loyal to God. Ones that kept his laws and way of life, like Satan, or perhaps possessed by him, the Syrian tyrant ruler Antiochus Epiphanes, leader in the revolt against the people of God, was like Satan declaring himself as God. He went so far as to outlaw Sabbath and the feast of God in order to convert the people to his religion. With its ungodly pagan festivities, it was his way or death. He sent his armies to overtake Jerusalem, capture and destroy its temple along with God's priests. The temple was successfully confiscated to the dismay of God's little band of faithful people. Dedicated to the Greek god Zeus, a huge statue of him was erected on the altar along with the command. For all to worship him, a hog was also cooked in honor of the pagan god, and served from the temple. Hogs were unclean meat, and forbidden by God for the Hebrews to eat, but the people were mandatorily forced to attend and partake. The little remnant, however, refused to be assimilated into the pagan faith or integrated into this ungodly culture. They decided to fight rather than submit. They said, "Enough is enough." So it is today. There are those in this era that do not want to be a part of the world either. Its morals, culture, religions, and most of all, its knowledge is unacceptable to them, and they have pulled away from all this. As much as they possibly could, 
mentally and spiritually, they can completely separate, but it is almost impossible to be totally free physically. The enemy has shrewdly snared mankind by creating the world systems with the idea in mind to capture and maintain control of God's people along with those of the world. We all have to pay taxes, be licensed, deal with the world's currency, etc. He has succeeded. We are caught up in Satan's cobweb and desperately need God to intercede for us. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14 reveals the thinking and plans of the enemy and explains the nature behind the systems that run this world. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14 How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, known also as the old serpent, dragon, devil, Satan. Son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. No matter how much we want to be separate, we cannot completely be free of the world systems. Therefore, the sickness, death, and poverty that were introduced to man through him continue to overtake us, so we are weakened. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. He is saying he will be greater than the other archangels that carry out God's wishes. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, God's holy mountain, from where he governs his people, the mountain made of the living stones, spoken of in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. On the farthest sides of the north, above all Israel. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Next is the most audacious statement ever uttered. I will be like the Most High. One with a much greater ambition than Antiochus, the epitome of pride, arrogance, rebellion, and egotism. Antiochus wanted to be as God to an empire. Satan wants to rule all of creation. He has victoriously maintained control of all the world and even the atmosphere around it. John chapter 12 verse 31 Now is the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world, he is its king, will be cast out. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. See who rules the atmosphere around us, and we blame God for the damaging elements, hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons, etc. Calling them acts of God? The Spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. It isn't the Spirit of the Lord that causes sickness, wars, poverty, or encourages man to inflict evil on one another. In fact, many men throughout the ages that have gained great power 
and control over large masses of people, accumulating wealth and large grants of land, have been possessed, or at least used by the evil one. Tubal-Cain, King of Tyre, Judas Iscariot, Hitler, in modern times to name a few. Even Apostle Peter, who walked daily with the Lord, was used by Satan, causing him to address Jesus from a totally carnal position. Jesus, recognizing the voice of the enemy, cast him out of him. So don't think the people of God are exempt from the devil's attempt to control through them. We truly need to guard ourselves. If you take a close look at the world today, you will see the control Satan maintains through man, very similar to the world's condition and society that surrounds the above-mentioned tyrants. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. His carnality was the crack that gave Satan the legal right to him. Much of society today, whether innocently or willfully, allows him the same legal right. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 shows us who really is to blame for everything wrong and evil, however. Granted, Adam and Eve wanted to know or satisfy their curiosity about good and evil and have the right to choose between them. But it was the devil that offered and enticed them with that knowledge. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He is being exposed, and many are coming out from under his deception. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And he has been betraying mankind ever since. Once again, it is this creature and the knowledge he promotes that is behind all the world's problems. All of them. All sin, all wickedness, all sickness, pain, wars, poverty, death. Every bit of it. There are many misinformed people, as stated before, that are wrongly angry with God for the horrible things the enemy has done and is still doing. We have to understand, so I will say this too again, this world is not of God, nor are its systems. The world's banking, religion, education, and society all have the same ruler and database programmed with his knowledge that they operate through. Remember, the information in that database is the wisdom and knowledge Eve chose for man. So the mind of Satan, his knowledge, his thinking, is the infrastructure this world evolved from. It is this knowledge that the world and its people are governed by. Even her churches. Here is something to think about. If you have a pure white shirt on, 
and you brush up against a dirty shirt. Will the dirty shirt be made clean or yours dirty? It is the same with God's knowledge. It is pure, perfect, until polluted or contaminated with the enemy's thinking. The same knowledge he has corroded this world with. So even God's truth has become tainted by men deciphering scripture through the mind of Satan, being educated in his knowledge, thus producing much false doctrine. Blemished truth is the reason people have no real relationship with God, have become and are totally self-sufficient, cursed and on their own. John chapter 15 verse 5 I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. How plain is this? Yet man continues to seek knowledge from man. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Get knowledge, counsel, help from man, whose heart departs from the Lord. This kind of person will never develop an ear to hear the voice of God for instruction, and so cannot grow out of the state mankind is in today. See how we have been deprived of truth and trained to break God's law? Oh, how we need for God to intervene! Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 shows us the beginning of all sorrow and how it started with man seeking this evil knowledge. So when the woman saw that the tree, this tree was symbolic, like the tree in Isaiah chapter 61, was good for food, food for thought, that is, that it was pleasant to the eyes, sounded good, mentally looked good to her, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She wasn't happy with knowing all good. She wanted to know evil as well. She took of its fruit. She fell for the fruit of Satan's spirit, found in Galatians chapter 5 now reproduced in our flesh, and ate, swallowed this twisted thinking. This would cause her to operate from her soul man rather than from her spirit. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. They ate and consumed the devil's lies, believed his counsel, ignored God's laws and knowledge, accepted his for their database that they would build their lives on and shape the world around them. So this scripture shows us the beginning of the world's knowledge being coveted and accepted by man. Yet God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. The eternal living waters of truth that once flowed through the minds and hearts of the first pair became brackish, 
a mixture of good and evil, soiled, resulting in the death of their spirits and finally their bodies. This condition was passed on to all their descendants, including us. So are these maladies the fault of God? No way. Humanity, like all creation, has a free will, and man chose to follow the enemy and allowed himself to be absorbed into his ways and culture. Now let us take a look at how the world's governmental systems came into being. In 1 Samuel, the people wanted a king to rule over them in place of God's governing them through his prophetic priests. Samuel was angry that the people would choose the world's way, but God gave them a free will. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7 And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So it was in the Maccabean era. The people as a whole, in that age, wanted the rule of the Greeks instead of God's priests. As a result, the temple was desecrated by them. All that represented worship of God and adherence to His law was broken or defiled. Let us now look at the spiritual parallel. We, mankind, are according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, living stones that God's house or temple is made of, His body, tabernacle or mansion, and just look at us, on drugs, sick, dying, a mess. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house out of today's society, a holy priesthood, holy, sanctified, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. People want their prayers to be heard and angry at God if they aren't granted through Jesus Christ. Offer up sacrifices to God? He is holy, clean, perfect. Wow! When you think about the scripture in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it makes you cringe. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. His Spirit will not dwell in sin, and yet remember, we can do nothing without Him. Man really needs to change. Our nature and traits are like the one man chose, rebellious, competitive, all about self, the image of our mentor. God says if we love Him, we will keep His commandments. John chapter 14 verse 15 If you love me, 
keep my commandments. Satan's plan is to make sure we break them, or his plans to control all of creation would be thwarted, and we would not be under his control. Let us read from Leviticus for an example of a law greatly broken. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 28 You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. This is a commandment. Old Testament, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So unless Jesus changed it to a deeper meaning in the New Testament, the word stands. It is still God's command. Look around you, or maybe look in the mirror. Tattoos everywhere, on all ages. Humanity has continued to be totally fooled by the enemy and tricked into breaking God's law from Eve on. Keep in mind, when the earth is reaped, all those wearing tattoos have been marked by the enemy as his Unless they repent, are born again and resurrected as new creatures, so the blood of Jesus can cover what the enemy teaches is beautiful art. Isaiah prophesied of this long ago. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 Woe to those who call evil good, beautiful art, creative and good evil. Scoff the warnings against breaking God's law. Who put darkness for light, and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet. The process of getting the tattoos is said to be worth the reward, and sweet for bitter. And isn't humanity drawn to Satan's knowledge just like the first pair? Man craves and willingly pays for higher learning. We want to cram, saturate, fill our brains with more and more of the world's knowledge. Satan has made it an honorable quest and has caused man to build beautiful edifices to house this wonderful knowledge. People take out student loans to acquire it creating financial hardship for years. To add insult to the situation, are we not also enthralled with the field of artificial intelligence? Do we not welcome the development of computer systems that are able to perform tasks that normally require the intelligence of humans, such as speech recognition, visual perception, translation between languages, and the scariest of all, decision-making. Just think, decisions made from the thinking, wisdom, counsel, and knowledge of Satan that governs this chaotic world, now fed into humanoids, robots made to look like man, a kind of new species, the counterfeit of God's end-time people, to run this planet.
Without love, compassion, or sympathy, morals, principles of right and wrong behavior. Without God's input, decisions will be derived, concepts formed that will be affecting our daily lives. Ironically, Satan has actually caused man to create this new species for him. Devices he can use that are programmed with his knowledge to control the world and mankind. Sure, they can be used for good, but they can but they can also be used for evil. Don't be fooled. Look who rules the world, and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. This could honestly be one of man's greatest mistakes. Please, mark these words. This could be one of mankind's greatest mistakes. Can you see a need for God to intervene? A need for another Hanukkah? You see, God will not prevent the destruction of the world. In fact, He promises its demise. But He will preserve His people and this planet as it is their home. Psalm chapter 115 verse 16 The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth He has given to the children of men. God is not a man that He should lie. God's knowledge will spread as water across the earth, restoring, renewing, replenishing what Satan's knowledge has weakened and depleted. So there will be no poverty or lack. God's knowledge, His truth, referred to as the latter rain, will wash away the mold, bacteria, and filth that causes disease, sickness, and death. Through God's knowledge, man will finally begin to understand the workings of the enemy and begin to see, gain spiritual insight as to who is behind all the evil, unpleasantness, sorrow, and pain in this world. They will begin to turn to their Maker, the Greater Husband, and draw closer to His covering, as they see God takes care of each of His people and loves beyond our understanding. Through the Word, their hearts will begin to understand how much He wants to give them the kingdom, to reverse the problems Satan caused. But man must see the need for Hanukkah, the need for intervention, the need for God. You see, Satan is pushing for a worldwide holocaust, and mankind is so frail without the Lord's backing. We must come to the awakening, the realization, we cannot do anything about it without God's help. That is, a spiritual law that is in operation whether we want to believe it or not. John chapter 15 verse 5 reveals this important truth. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
fruit that benefits mankind, unlike the fruit Eve chose. For without me, you can do nothing. Bottom line, we need God. We as humanity with our polluted and corrupted knowledge have not been able to fix anything that will be lasting or be forever. Only knowledge from the Creator of all things has any lasting worth. Sure wish man would have chosen his fruit found in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 instead of the fruit chosen. What a different world we would live in. The Feast of Hanukkah is also known as the Festival of Lights. This is because of after the military victory was won, the triumphant people of God refurbished the temple, cleansed the altar, repaired the beautiful gold lampstand, and lit it, discovering there was only enough oil to last one day. They understood the light of the menorah represented the knowledge of God, so it was better to burn for one day over Israel than not at all. They lit it. Miraculously, the one day of oil kept the menorah burning for seven days till the new oil was prepared and ready on the eighth day. God's intervention was much greater than they understood. The victory much greater. You see, the light from the menorah, representing the knowledge of God, also symbolized a much bigger miracle that has a great effect on us today. It is a much greater phenomenon. I think you will agree that God's knowledge survived through 7,000 years of Satan's rule. False doctrines, lies, bad translations, due to being interpreted through the world's knowledge and man's intellect, was a miracle in itself to overcome. Add to that man's selfish ambitions, hypocrisy, sexual abuse, hunger for money, all nicely hidden behind the closed doors of the world's churches, intended by Satan to make man hate God and turn from Him. Thankfully, Satan still could not hide truth from those who honestly sought it, though, and the church moved forward in spite of itself to the eighth day. You see, a thousand years is as a day to God, so a week... Seven thousand years has passed since the garden, and we're now eighteen years into the eighth day. Second Peter chapter three verse eight. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The year two thousand was the beginning of the eighth day. Eight is a number representing new beginnings. In it, we have already seen a new species of people come forth. More and more people are seeking truth, and because of it, circumcising themselves from the world and its churches. In fact, there is a great falling away from the world systems in general. 
Those that make it spiritually to the eighth day, through receiving the end-time knowledge, are blessed with the fruit of His Spirit. A deeper insight, a greater anointing on their gifting, resulting in much change to them personally. You see, when we hunger for truth, God promises to fill us. Luke chapter 11 verse 9 So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Isn't this a beautiful scripture? As we are nourished by His knowledge, we begin to do things His way, obey His laws, fulfill our personal role in bringing forth His plan of restoration and ushering in His kingdom, the exact opposite of what Eve did. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 21-23 through 23. For since by man came death, Adam. By man, Jesus, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. All that love him will be taken to paradise at death. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, first to be made immortal, afterward those who are in Christ at His coming. He was physically made immortal, not just spiritually. So will those be transformed that form His body at the time it is properly matured. He can then fully enter His eternal home. These are children of the eighth day oil, anointed because of God's knowledge to light the way for the world to see the plans of Satan and find their way back to God, thus giving them hope for perfect tomorrows. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 and verse 49. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. He makes us holy, spirit and physical. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, Jesus. God's end-time people, His freshly created new species, ones anointed with the eighth-day oil and changed by the word into His image, will be the first new creation of the new earth, promised to man. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51-55 through 55. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, die, but we shall all be changed into the image of the Word. John Chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Not an AI in the image of Satan through his knowledge. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the last blast of God's knowledge. For the trumpet will sound. Warning will be loud and clear.
and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Those who love him, but not metamorphosed to a new species. And we shall be changed. The new species made perfect as in the beginning. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. The enemy loses. In closing, what a wonderful thing to look forward to. A worldwide victory. Freedom from the systems of man and their ruler. Freedom from all sickness, pain, poverty, wars, evil leaders, and above all, freedom from the wrong knowledge that has been forced on humanity. All evil will be obliterated, destroyed, wiped out when God intervenes. God's kingdom come, His will be done. So let's unitedly pray for our Savior, our greater husband, our Creator, Jesus, to cover us and intercede once again on our behalf, creating a worldwide Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah!